Hello and welcome to the Go Sell Something podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, and we have today Mr. Jamie Howell, who is the Director of Sales for Boston Scientific, a Fortune 300 company working in the medical sales space. Very grateful to have him today. Jamie, thanks so much for being here. Nah, thanks, Rob. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely, man. What, uh, what was it in the beginning, back in the good old days, that made you think... I want to be a medical sales guy. Well, you know, to be quite honest, I didn't I didn't really come out of college thinking I wanted to get into medical device. I studied management and marketing in college and but as I was in the job market, I and I was interviewing with with different people of like uh, different banks and just more things in the business field. Um, I kept coming back to as I learned more about, you know, the sales role and being able to kind of control your own destiny and to be out in front of people and not um, strapped behind a desk all day. That just seemed to be appealing to me. So um, I spent my first eight years of my career with Michelin Tire Corporation. They're based out of Greenville, South Carolina, and I was a territory manager out in, in Dallas, Texas. But what I really liked about the sales end of it is, again, I was kind of on my own schedule. I was out and about every day. I was seeing different people. I was calling on different types of customers. And just developing those relationships and, and honestly, friends early in my career just really appealed to me. So I did that for about eight years and I started hearing more about pharmaceutical sales, but then I started having some contacts through it that were in the medical device industry. And what really appealed to me with that was really making a impact on people's lives. And I loved working for Michelin, great, great company, um, huge company. Um, but I was, I was selling tires and I just didn't feel that, you know, Hey, this is something that I can see myself doing for the next 40 years. And as I looked at medical device, uh, and, and really seeing how some of the companies out there truly do impact patient lives and being able to influence your customers to help people really appealed to me. So got lucky enough to be able to be contacted by a recruiter and they uh, asked me if I would be interested. Didn't even know the company at the time, but I sat down with a regional manager for Boston Scientific and started learning more about the company and did my research and actually went and rode with one of the reps for a day to kind of see what the, the job's all about. And I fell in love. And that was back in 2002. And I'm still here today just because I love, I love going to work every day. And it's always it's a challenge, but it's always something new and exciting, and the field is just constantly developing and growing, so I couldn't imagine myself doing anything different, but I, I can't honestly say that I grew up knowing I wanted to be a medical device rep. It just kind of happened and uh, was in the right place at the right time. Curious, as you made that transition into the medical device world, how smooth was it for you? Did it come naturally because of your sales background, or was it a challenge getting in front of the right people and creating that new business? Yeah, that's a great, great question, Robin. And honestly, I get that question quite a bit. I interview a lot of people and we hire quite a bit of people. And having kids in college now, I, I get asked by their friends all the time, how do I get in the medical device field? And, and honestly, um, the transition was, I won't say difficult, but it was a big change. Um, luckily, you know, I'd worked with Michelin for eight years and they had really taught me the art of selling. And, and I suggest to anybody coming out of college is look for those companies that do provide a a good sound foundation in how to sell a product. And really, there's a million sales models out there, but uh, they all come down to, to a few few basic things. And if you can master that, then you can apply that to many different fields. And so uh, when I came on board with Boston Scientific, I mean, honestly, we don't really tell, teach people how to sell. I mean, we hire people that have been doing it for a while, mm -hmm. uh, and we bring them in and, and teach them the clinical aspect of it and, and the anatomy and how 
different devices are used in different types of procedures and kind of disease states. And so that was all a foreign language to me. I had never taken an anatomy class in my life in high school <laughs> or college. And so that was a big, that was a big transition of really learning that, but it was interesting to me, right? It was something that, you know, you can apply to your everyday life. And so it was a challenge. It probably took me probably a year, year and a half to really feel comfortable, you know, interacting with my customers and having the confidence that I could say the right things and do the right things and suggest the right things. And so it was, it was a constant learning process. And even to this day, I mean, like I said, the, this industry is changing every day and, and I have to continue to keep up, you know, my studies of what's going on in the market. You know, we train all the time. Uh, had several training events a year. It's kind of a constant training and development for every employee that we have. But it was it was at least about a year, year and a half before I really felt comfortable that I was having an impact in my in my territory at the time. So it makes sense. Um, but, it, but it was a lot of fun though, um, and a lot of hard work. But uh, you know, it always pays off. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned three keys or a few keys that you feel like translate to sales across the board. I'd be curious for you to mention a little bit more about. You know, what are those few things that translate across all the different sales tactics, sales strategies, sales frameworks? What are those core competencies that you believe truly make the difference in the standout salespeople and the ones who either don't make it or they're just kind of underperformers or average? No, it's a a great question. I get that question quite a bit. Um, There's a few things. You know, first of all, sales is not something that you if you're calling on a customer, you just don't walk in and start talking. A saying that I've always used is, you know, which are you going to choose, the pain of preparation or the pain of regret? And and what I mean by that is that on every single sales call and every customer that you call on, you can't just go in cold. Even if it's a cold call, it's always good to do some research ahead of time. Try to find out as much information as you can about that customer, their likes, their dislikes. And in this day and time with the Internet and everybody having a Web page, you can, you can do a pretty good job of, of trying to find out something about that customer ahead of time. So, but it, it's all about things like, you know, pre-call planning, making sure that you have an agenda and that you have an objective every time that you walk in someplace. So I think that translates across, across everything. Um, I also tell our, our reps, you know, sometimes it's all about just suiting up and showing up. It's another saying that I use all the time, suit up and show up and good things will happen. And sometimes, you know, early in people's sales careers, they, it can be a little bit intimidating at times. And, it's something like, you know, anything that you do, training your training your body, training, you know, um, a team or whatever else. It's, it's, it's about repetition and it's about suiting up every single game and going out there and giving your best. And so typically, you know, when we get in front of customers and conversations start happening, things start to flow. So, again, suit up and show up is something I've always said. I tell people all the time, know your product better than any anybody else. And, and that is not just in your own company, but outside of your company. So you got to know your product or your service that you're selling. Have as much knowledge as you possibly can. I think it also translates. You need to know your competitor's product as good as your, as good or better than your competitors do. Because we're, we're usually not the only sales rep selling a product walking into a customer. There's, there's probably 10 other people trying to sell a similar product getting in the same door. So if you understand and really know your product, but also understand the positioning of your competitors' products and how they're trying to go to market. You can always find ways that sitting on that particular customer can position yourself a little bit better. And then, you know, I think the the biggest thing for me, and this is just something, you know, I even tell my kids kids this all the time, is do what you say you're going to do. Um, and I think from a sales professional, you know, people buy from people, and they want they want to buy from people they like, but also they want to buy from people they trust. So if I tell a customer that I'm going to do something or I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to do whatever, if something steps in the way of me 
fulfilling that, I at least call them back and say, hey, I've run into a little bit of a snag here, or hey, I'm going to be 15 minutes late. I just don't want to show up late or not deliver what I've already told them I'm going to do. And that just builds that trust with the customer and, and people are going to want to buy from you if they feel like they, think that they can trust you. Absolutely. Completely agree. Over the past 18, 19 years, have worked your way up in the organization. Uh, it's been amazing to see, uh, having known you for a while, just how you've progressed through that and, and where you are now, you know, as a director of sales at a Fortune 300 company. What would you say has been important for you and what would you recommend to other people who are looking to work their way up in companies like that without burning bridges and without making teammates look worse to make themselves look better? What would you advise those people to do to, to advance in a way that breeds trust and doesn't burn bridges? Great question, Rob. And I don't know that I've always done the perfect job of doing that, but I think early on in my sales career, I learned that I can't do everything myself. I have to use my resources. And unfortunately, in a company like Boston Scientific, we have vast departments from marketing to sales training to you know, different product managers and product engineers and really getting to know people throughout the organization, I think has really helped me build a network of people. So when I do get into a situation or I do have a problem with a customer, I can call on somebody else to help me with that. As a sales rep, you don't always have visibility to all the things behind the scenes. But having those key contacts in your company that are in different departments that you can spend some time with or call on the phone when you're kind of in a bind and say, hey, here's the situation I'm in. What do you think? And so I think just doing that early in my career kind of helped me build a little bit of intra-company clout, I think, because you know I wasn't trying to do everything myself and I was trying to use other resources. But I also think it's really about respecting the people that that are maybe not on the front lines uh, within a company. And, and that's people from customer service to marketing, but always really being appreciative of what they do because as a sales rep, I mean, your lifeline is the people internal to, to help you either get the product to the customer or yeah. to help provide you information. And so never ignoring those people and giving those people credit where credit's due, I think has also helped kind of build my career. And, and, and honestly, I think really we have a saying inside of Boston Scientific and, you know, if you want to work your way up into a company, you have to own your own development. You can't wait for a tap on the shoulder for somebody to say, hey, you'd be great at this job. Why don't you give this a shot? Or why don't you interview for this promotion or whatever? You really have to own that yourself. And, and when I say own your development, it's not about just waiting till a job opening comes up and throwing your name in the hat. It's really trying to soul search and say, what do I want to do with my career? And start you know, networking and start learning the people that are holding those positions now, what do they do on a daily basis and getting to know, you know, how they do their jobs. And I always tell people, try to go do the job before you get the job, learn some things that they do and, and are either help those people out to make their jobs easier. And it's really about developing the skill set that's going to prepare you before that job becomes open. Right. So, you know, many people, will, a job will be posted on your company website and it's like, oh, that'd be a great job. I think I'm going to apply for it. Well, what have I done to prepare myself to even be in a position to interview for that role? So it's really about thinking about where you want to go with your career and taking the time to map that out, get to know the right people and start understanding what that role is before it's time for you to go do it. That's just kind of the way that I've always operated. And it's paid off um, over my almost 20 years of Boston Scientific. Great advice. That's really, really good, man. What's the biggest challenge that you have faced in the transition from selling to sales management? <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's a tough one. You know, I'll preface that by saying that 
every good salesman doesn't always make a good sales manager, right? And right. and not every good sales manager was a great salesman and vice versa. And really, as I transitioned from managing a territory where I was a rep to then managing a sales team, um, I quickly realized that, you know, what made me successful wasn't going to make everybody else on my team successful because people have different styles. They have different motivations. And they do things differently. And I found out very quickly, I'd been a territory manager for eight years and I had my territory humming and I had, I knew, I knew what everybody was doing, my customers, and they depended on me and I had my own way of doing things. But then as I started getting in the car and and calling on other people's accounts with them, I learned that, hey, they're really successful at what they're doing. Uh, There's maybe some things that I can help them with, but I want to take what they're doing well and put that on steroids. And then, you know, give them subtle things that they maybe can enhance that could help them. And so, you know, I think it's a humbling experience when you start trying to help other people be successful, because a lot of times you learn, man, I wish I would have been doing that as a sales rep. I wish I'd have known or used that tactic that they use. So it can be very humbling. But I think that's the biggest thing is just recognizing that not everybody's going to do things like you do. And you know, that's okay. And just helping them emphasize those, those strengths and then helping them, you know, improve on those development areas. That's going to make them even a better salesperson. Uh, and I just hired, I just hired a guy as a manager recently. Uh, he's been a long-term rep and won basically every award that we've had. Mm-hmm. And he's going to transition into sales management uh, April 1st. And we've already started having those discussions. It's like, mm-hmm. you've been, you've been super rep for a long time and, and, and you're going to have to learn that, that, hey, they don't do things the way that you do, but that's okay. And, you know, and, and we can all learn from each other as we move forward in our careers. Hope Great that answers points. your question. Absolutely. And now in your new role, director of sales for just the past two months, can you share just a little bit about what you've been up to and what you feel like the future holds? Yeah. So uh, that, that's, that's a great question, especially uh, in this day and time as we're still, you know, trying to claw our way out of the COVID era. It, it made us change the way that we, interact with our customers. Um, it obviously in a few months of 2020 hurt our sales uh, dramatically. And we've consistently since about June timeframe kept, you know, on the right trend levels back to where we are, but, but we're not, uh, we're probably not even, you know, we're, we're getting close to where we were in 2019, but we, we, we had a big a dip in the, in the sales numbers last year. So right now in Q1, especially I'd say people that are on a calendar year, I think Q1 is always planning your business and, making sure your business plan is sound. We do a lot of forecasting. Actually, today I was on our forecasting call, forecasting for the rest of the year with our marketing and sales groups, just to say, you know, how are we going to finish Q1? Uh, what's Q2 look like? And where do we expect to finish uh, 2021 at the end of the year? So Q1 is always from a sales perspective. I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, I hate Q1 every year because there's all the administrative things we have to do and the, sure. the forecasting and getting people's annual reviews all buttoned up. But I'm looking forward to that April 1st uh, coming around in Q2 because uh, I'm ready to get back in the field with our reps and start seeing customers again and, and really driving a sales number. But uh, in sales management, Q1 is always a hectic time or, or the first month of whatever your year you're on. That's always mm-hmm. hectic trying to make sure that you're preparing and planning and, and getting everything set for the rest of the year. So that's that's been the majority of my time and been doing a lot of interviewing and hiring a couple of different managers and things like that so um i'm ready to sell something <laughs> i'm hey. tired of i'm tired of planning i'm ready to go uh, ask somebody to buy something <laughs> i hear you 100 percent, jamie thank you so much for your time today it's been great to hear from you i know that what you've shared will be valuable for each listener 
uh, everybody will be able to get something out of what you've added. So thank you so much. And, and for everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. It's been great to have you have a great day and go sell something.